Hi, I'm Sarah, and this is my daughter and my co-host, Allegra. You may know my mom from the Mom Hour. On this show, we talk about the books, shows, podcasts, and music that our family enjoys together, plus how we discover great media for kids and how we consume it. We also talk about other fun stuff like board games, tablet games, and movies. Today's episode is all about cooking, how we find recipes, what Allegra likes to cook in the kitchen, and this was a listener suggestion, so we're excited. Come on, Mom. Let's get started. Hey, this is episode 27 of Kid Literate, and we got this episode idea from Ella, who took our survey. Yes, thank you, Ella and Ella's mom, who listened to the podcast and took our listener survey. We actually got a ton of great ideas, Allegra. Yeah. We're so. definitely going to use them in the future, too. Yeah. And and so I guess this, uh, would you say this episode is loosely about cookbooks and cooking media? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we our family loves to cook and loves to eat. Um, but Allegra, I want you to tell everybody, I want you to brag a little bit because Allegra just did a school project for Spanish class where she had to cook an entire meal um, with the cuisine of a Spanish speaking country and pulled it off like above and beyond without a hitch. Maybe we could even share a snippet of your video on our Instagram. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. It's only two minutes and 50 seconds. So it's, it's not that long. We could definitely do that. Yeah. And so the, the video was sort of how you showed your class and your teacher what you did. But yes. why don't you talk about what the assignment was and what you actually cooked? So first, we picked a Spanish speaking country after watching some videos about their cuisine. I picked Spain and I decided to make tapas, which are small plates um, of different foods. Usually you get them at like a tapas bar or something where you get a whole bunch. Right. Like little mini appetizers, but you can make a whole meal of just that. Dad and I used to go. uh, There were some great tapas restaurants in Chicago when we lived there. So that was like a regular date night for us a a hundred years ago. Um, Yeah. So I made... Fried potatoes, which were called patatas bravas, which mean uh, spicy potatoes. They had a spicy sauce to go with it. I made beef empanadas. From scratch, like the dough from scratch. I made shrimp um, with garlic and lemon. Um, I made dessert, which were these little fried dough balls covered in sugar. And I made um, toasted bread with tomato on it. Yeah, like a, a bruschetta kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it was a lot. And you were in the kitchen all day. And what's cool about it is I don't know about your classmates and who has what level of kitchen experience, but I feel like all of your baking and interest in cooking for the last, I don't know, seven years since you were about six years old kind of led up to you being able to do something like this, cook an entire meal and not not a meal that we're familiar with, but a meal that you had no idea what these things even were. One of the recipes even had metric units because it had been translated from Spanish. Like It was advanced level. So it was really cool. Yeah, it was really fun. So we'll be sure to share some pictures and maybe that video in the show notes and on our Instagram. But let's use that to kind of go all the way back in time and talk about how you got interested in cooking. Now, your dad is a great cook and loves to cook. And his dad... Your papa was a was a pizza man and a, he always called himself a cook, not a chef, but he was a high level amateur chef or, you know, home cook, as they say. So you it's in your genes for sure. Do you remember? Do you have cooking memories from when you were really little? No, not that I can remember. 
Okay, that's fair. Well, luckily I'm here and I have memories of you helping in the kitchen when you were as little as one or two years old and baking and helping make pizzas from scratch. And so we have lots of food traditions in our family. But I would say when you were six or seven was when an interest in doing things on your own really took off. And so I thought maybe we could mention a couple of things that nurtured your love of cooking when you were, you know, still probably too young to do it all on your own. Um, one of the earliest ones I remember is in the back of the highlights magazine for kids, which we've talked about in our episode, all about magazine subscriptions. They always had a recipe. I think they still do. And they were great. They were, uh, the way they were illustrated and the way the steps were laid out was really easy to follow for kids. It wasn't overly ambitious for the grown up. I think one, one of my complaints as a parent is sometimes recipes geared toward kids are a little gimmicky. They're all about making something into a fun shape or experimenting with food science. And and it turns into like an entire homeschool project, which may or may not be what the parent is looking for. But I think those highlights recipes, I don't know. I remember one for like an apple crumble that we used to make for dessert. And it was really, really good and simple. Um, I have no memory of that. Okay. Well, you were really little. Oh, okay. Um, And the nice thing is about a highlights magazine is you're getting the subscription anyway. So it's not a big commitment to flip to that recipe page and give it a try. So that was one of one of the earliest things we did with you guys. Um, We've also done a couple of subscription box services, um, mostly through my sponsor partners on the mom hour. So you got, you got to try Kidster a long time ago. Actually, we were paying Kidster customers now that I think about it. Yeah, I think I got it for Christmas one year. I remember because um, for Christmas, the box hadn't come. Uh-huh. But um, more and more got me two like kitchen knives that were colored and we still have them. We do still have those. One was yellow and serrated and one was just normal and red. Um, And so she gave me those and then told me about Kidster and then we, yeah. So we were paying sponsors of kids. You are, you're right. We were paying customers. They later sponsored the mom hour. So I confused those two things. Kidster was a really good one for young kids. And I know a lot of people like radish kids as well. I haven't tried that one. Um, and then a couple of years ago, we got to try America's Te- America's test kitchen kids subscription. And our family is a huge fan of the whole American America's test kitchen line of everything, their cookbooks and their website. And so we were already uh, big consumers of their stuff and their kids subscription was fun too. It had a lot of science, I remember, right? Like a, a lot of yeah, why this is the way it is and uh-huh. almost experiments. It was almost like a cross between like um like a science subscription box and a cooking one. Yeah. Yeah. So that was fun. So I think that can be, those can be really fun ways to nurture a younger kid's love of cooking. I'm going to go out on a limb though and say that you had as much fun just baking cookies, baking cupcakes, maybe helping dad with something in the kitchen as you did with any paid subscription. Would you agree? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Take it or leave it, I guess. Yeah. OK, let's talk a little bit about cookbooks. Um, one of the ones that you, is used most frequently in our house is the American Girl Baking Cookbook. And we use it all the time. Like if me and Violet just want to bake something, we're like, hey, I want to bake right now. We'll go to the American Girl Baking Cookbook. Why do you think that is? Is it the pictures? Is it the the level of the recipes? Like, um, they're super easy. Usually, they have ingredients that we have. It's um, but I like that you mentioned pictures because I really like it when there's a picture for every recipe. Because if I've never heard of it, I'm like, wait, 
But what does that look like? Would I even like it? Like, yeah. there's one thing called like elephant ears that I would have no idea <laughs> what they were talking about, and I would be like, I don't want to make this. Like, I think grownups are the same way. You know, I think it used to be a lot. Uh, food photography used to be, I think, harder and not as enticing looking. There's really funny cookbooks from like the 60s and 70s where you look at it and you're like, I. You should not put those pictures in. A <laughs> yeah, I'd rather have no pictures. But than that. now our, fo- I mean, photography is so good now that I think a grown up would agree. We all need to see a picture of the steps of the finished thing. So why make a cookbook without pictures? I do not know. Yeah. And this one has really great pictures. And um, yeah, they're really easy recipes to make. And they're really tasty, too. I would say it doesn't have a lot of American Girl branding other than it's published by the American Girl Company. Yeah, it's not like bake this with your dolls. No, and like, no, it looks on the inside. It looks like a, just a baking cookbook. And I would yeah. say intermediate level. It's not. It, yeah, it's definitely recipes like I would make one of these. It's not like made easier just for kids. Oh, I hear a little um, piano in the background. Because yeah, I don't know if you guys can hear that, but I think we're playing piano. Another form of media going on in our house right now. Um, okay, so we love the American Girl Baking Cookbook. Uh, we'll link to that in the show notes. Oh, I'm just looking at it right now. Allegra. It's co-branded with William Sonoma. Oh, so I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, I didn't either. So um, probably available for sale through William Sonoma and American Girl. And maybe they've made an updated version by now. But that is a th- the most used cookbook by kids in our house for sure. Yes. So like, what do you want to bake? Well, let's look in the American Girl. cookbook. Yep. It's the one. So what else? What other kid cookbooks have we uh, gotten use out of? Um, well, just recently I got a cookbook. It's also William Sonoma. It's called Favorite Cakes, but this one's not American Girl. Um, I got this one for Christmas. It's all about cake decorating, not about like the actually, no, it is flavors of cakes. I have a different one that's about decorating, but this one is about all of favorite cakes that are high end. So they're like very advanced, Mm -hmm. even maybe too advanced for me. I have made one that's like an ombre kind of cake, you know, where it fades colors. Mm-hmm. And um, that one, it didn't turn out like it did in the picture. It yeah. was, well, it was blue. We changed the color to blue. That wasn't an accident, but <laughs> the inside is supposed to be like one has less food coloring, the next has more, and the next has the most. But we kept accidentally dropping in too much, so we kept adding to the next one and adding to the next one. And it just got, they all got super dark. It was just very blue. Where was I? I actually have no memory of this. Uh, you were not there. Dad was there. He let us make it, but I don't know where you were. I, I think missed... you came home and you, we were like, we made a cake. <laughs> it's blue. Yeah, very I have no blue. memory of that. There's, there have been many, many baking weekends like that. Well, by listening to this, one would think you only bake. And that's not true because you you were able to pull off your entire meal from Spain. I uh, do think I enjoy baking more than cooking, but I also enjoy cooking. Yeah. Um, do you want to recommend any other cookbooks that aren't just desserts that we have um, gotten use out of? Yeah. So the MasterChef Junior Cookbook, um, I think I got this recently also, but not super recently. Um, after we had been watching MasterChef Junior for a while, we, um, we got this cookbook and it has, um, all of the things that like the best ones that were made on MasterChef Mm -hmm. Junior, um, that the kids made and then they picked the best ones from the show and put it into a cookbook for you to make. 
Yeah, I love that because I think MasterChef Junior, what I like about that show is it does a really good job of it. The food they cook on that show is not just kid food. It's not just macaroni and cheese and cupcakes. Those kids are very talented. Yeah, they'll make like seafood with like they the way they talk about their food is very like have this with this and this. Yeah, very mature. And they use ingredients that typically kids might not like like seafood and spicy stuff. And um, so even just by watching MasterChef Junior, I think kids get an appreciation for like, oh, okay, like these kids are cooking with and eating food that isn't quote unquote kid food. And then you get the cookbook and you can make those recipes. Now, does it magically make all kids want to be that adventurous? No, but I think it normalizes kids using more grown up recipes and ingredients. Yeah. So, um, and even if your eight year old can't cook that amazing, like seafood with like, I don't know. Pineapple but, salsa. Yeah. <laughs> but at least the kid would know that he could try it. Right. And like, exactly. Cause they've seen it on the show. Well, MasterChef Junior as a show brings up a good point. Um, There's definitely a ton of popular TV series out there that are food related. Um, Any that come to mind that have been your favorites over the years? Um, Yeah. So a while ago, I think I was like eight or nine and I was browsing on Food Network, which we don't really use very often. And I found this show called Kids Baking Championship. And I won... Um, episode sticks out most in my mind. They made food where it was a dessert, but it looked like a savory food. Oh, that's so weird. Uh huh. So like somebody made a burger that looked something. He made like a cake that looked like a burger. Like it had like chocolate, like right. brownie crushed into like a patty, and then like uh like pound cake buns, and like and they each got assigned a different food and then so it's all kids and it's all dessert baking and are they pretty good yeah they're good bakers but they're not as good as master chef they're okay. like they're not terrible like on nailed it which doesn't have kids but um they're not like as skilled as the master chef they right. make more they make mistakes and mm-hmm. stuff like that okay um, yeah, that's a good one. MasterChef Junior, we've really liked. Um, and then we, we did a we did a episode about TV shows to watch as a family uh, last year. And I, I think we mentioned several shows. I feel like everybody, the baking shows and the cooking shows are pretty popular right now. Um, yeah. So we'll link to some of our favorites in the show notes. But also, I think any of them can be good at inspiring your kids to think about food, I guess is my point. Whichever ones you like, except maybe Nailed It, which is not my favorite. Um, well, we wanted to mention the Toka Boca, um, video games, I guess, iPad games apps, um, because they have, we've mentioned them on the show before and they're great for preschoolers on up. And there's several that actually give you kind of a realistic cooking experience, right? So you talk about that. Um, so one is called Toka Kitchen and it has like four different people that you can serve. One is a cow, so they're not completely realistic, (laughs) but then you can take some food out of this fridge and it'll look like um, a piece of meat and then you can slide it into a pot and then you can stir it around while it like boils or you can put it into a pan or you can cut it up by like drawing lines through it. It's really, it's realistic and you can do like, you can blend it in a blender. Oh, that's fun. And then you can feed it to the person. 
I think there have been updated ones. There's like Toka Kitchen 2 mm-hmm. and Toka Kitchen Monsters where you feed monsters and they have like <laughs> weird foods that aren't actual Oh, I food. remember Violet loved that one. Yeah, there's like weird like berries and stuff. And sometimes the person will refuse to eat it if you've mixed like raw meat and carrots and like they'll just like, Mm-mm. oh, that's fun. And then another one that I really like is Toka, Ki- Toka Kitchen Sushi, where the whole thing you make is sushi. So you can take like avocados and put it through like a sushi maker or cut it up or and then roll it into a roll or like different things you can do with the sushi. I think that's really fun. That's really fun. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about gadgets, gear, and gifts. And Allegra, just because you did show an early interest in cooking, I feel like you got so many cooking themed presents, gifts over the years, some better than others. Um, We don't have to spend a ton of time on this, but I'm thinking like an example would be a cookie cutter set or like. Um, a youth-sized apron and hat and um, hot pad or oven mitt. Like there's just, there's a lot. I wonder if you remember any that really stood the test of time and weren't gimmicky. Because I think my opinion is by the age of seven or eight, most kids can learn to safely use regular adult cooking tools. But maybe there are some gifts you've received that really did uh, help you just get excited about cooking. Yeah. Um, so I've already mentioned those knives, which we still have. And those ones aren't like kid knives. They're smaller and easier to hold for younger kids. Um, but they're sharp and we use them in the kitchen and you and dad use them too. Yeah, I like them. We'll definitely link to those. Yeah. And then just recently I got a professional style, um, piping tips set. So it comes with baking piping bags. And all of the tips you could imagine, like tips 50. for making flowers, yeah. tips for making grass, tips for just making just piping normal and like all kinds of fancy tips. And so we use those when we made gingerbread mm-hmm. houses this year. And we just they're useful when you want to make we haven't really used them a lot yet, but we haven't made a lot of cakes recently. And they um, came with a nice like storage case. So. Yeah. Maybe the moral of this part is that adult uh, cooking supplies sometimes are better even than the stuff made for kids, unless yeah. it's really specific. Yeah. All right. Well, um, before we get on to what we're reading, um, the last thing we wanted to mention is now that you are turning 13 and are pretty much an adult in the kitchen, um, how do you find recipes now? What's your preferred way if you're not if it's not in a cookbook? Well, usually um, just Googling it. Um, that's I do that a lot if I'm looking for like just anything to bake or like, hey, I want to make blondies, but we don't have any recipes in cookbooks. Um, then I'll just look up best brownie recipes with chocolate chips or something. Mm-hmm. Love just that. simple like that. Um, but recently you introduced me to the New York Times cooking app which is a subscription app with a bunch of recipes online. Um, it's from the New York Times, and they have, like, tons of recipes. One thing I like is once you use an ingredient, you can, like, gray it out on the app. 
Yeah. Oh, as you go. Like as you a, go. Oh, that's really smart. Like you're um, checking off the steps. Yeah. With the instructions too. like you click on the one that you're on. And then once you're done with that step, you can click on to the next one, that's which smart. is good for me because often I just like skip over instructions and in baking. <laughs> that's one thing that trips me up. The good news is you've you've kept at it, even though that you do, even though you do have that tendency um, the New York Times cooking app also makes it really easy to build a grocery list based on a recipe. Um, I like that. And you can also make little saved folders. Um, so for a while, we were trying to use that for our dinner ideas, too. And I would tell you and read, go into the app and look for things that look yummy and save them to a folder. And then, you know, you guys were kind of part of the recipe search yourself. Yeah. Okay, so at the end of all of our episodes, we say what we're reading and what you're reading. So what are you reading, Mom? Well, I just finished All Creatures Great and Small by James Harriet, and I loved it. Um, and I am now reading Untamed by Glennon Doyle, which is uh, like uber bestseller right now. So half the moms listening probably have already read it. I think it'll be quick. And what are you reading? Um, so I'm reading two books right now. I am reading Sapiens. A Brief History of Humankind um, by... I'm going to say it for you. Yuval Noah Harari. Yuval Harari, I think is his name. And, but that one is an adult book. But one book that I'm reading that is a kid's book, well, like not an adult book, is um, The City of Ember by Jeanne Dupro. I'm going to say Jean Duprow, but I think your guess is as good as mine. Jeanne, yeah. Okay. Sorry, Jeanne, Janine, Jean, Jean. <laughs> it looks like there's more there than there really is. Yeah. Um, and so that one's really good. I'm in the middle of um the city of Ember. Um, it's a dystopian one. I've been into those lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really good. Awesome. And you're still reading on the Kindle. She, now I cannot get her yeah. off the Kindle. We've tried to give her a hardcover, like real book, and you were like, "No, I don't. I cannot. I cannot do that." <laughs> All right. So we got an awesome email from Amy Beth. Amy Beth, thank you so much. She has a six-year-old and then three-year-old twins, um, all boys. And she sent us a big long list of what everybody is reading. So if you have six-year-old and three-year-old kids, boys especially, but I think we think all books are for everyone. Um, I'm going to put all of Amy Beth's suggestions in the show notes, divided up by age. Um, but we'll mention a couple here. So Connor, who's six on his own, is reading the Zoe and Sassafras series and the Dragon Masters series. Um, I know Reed loved Dragon Masters. Oh, and 13-Story Treehouse. So a whole bunch of early chapter book series. Great ideas from Connor, who's six. And then um, Amy Beth is reading aloud to Connor at kind of a different level. And that's how we always did it, too, at that age. Um, and she says sometimes the twins listen in as well. They're reading Encyclopedia Brown, Magic Misfits, which we love. Yeah. Um, and a couple other series. Again, I'm going quickly through these, but check the show notes because Amy Beth seriously prepared a great book list for everybody. Um, and then read alouds for everybody. Trumpet of the Swan. Didn't you really like that book? We read it aloud in class. I don't know if it was one of my favorite books, but we definitely read it. And um, that's E.B. White, same author as Charlotte's Web, but not as well known. Um, and then the Mouse and the Motorcycle series, which is a great read aloud for littles. Um, and then she said so many picture books, I won't go there. So we get it. And then um, Amy Beth herself has been reading some Sophie Kinsella books lately, just looking for some light and fluffy 
and also finished Nora Ephron's Heartburn. And today will be different by Maria Semple. Both were funny. Um, she says up next, she's reading The Midnight Library by Matt Haig, which is going to be a little heavier, but she says, hopefully I can handle it after all the lighter books I have been reading. So I am going to put every single one of Amy Best's suggestions in the show notes divided up by those categories that she gave us. So a whole bunch of recommendations for those of you with preschoolers and kindergartners and looking for read alouds um, at all those chapter book levels. Yeah, that's a great list. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you in two weeks. And yeah. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Kid Literate is a production of Life Listened. Our sound engineer is Brian Thomas from Yokai Audio. You can find links to everything we mentioned at kidliteratepodcast.com. And be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you listen. Thanks. Thanks.